Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the Highly Recommended Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Josiah, and with me as always is Daniel. What's up, Daniel? Hey, what's up, Josiah? I just finished second breakfast. Oh, look at that, Daniel. Coming in hot with the references. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> That's awesome. So <laughs> <laughs> I catch you off guard there, didn't A little I? bit, yeah. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting maybe like a tooth fairy joke. Um, because of your story that happened yesterday, but like, wasn't expecting. Do I need to tell that story? Yeah. Tell the story, dude. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Might as well. Right. All right. So I got a five-year-old, right? Mm -hmm. You have a two-year-old. That's right. So you don't have to worry about this yet, Mm -mm. but my daughter lost her first tooth. Okay. That's a big deal. First tooth, right? It is. And you know, all moms want to save that first tooth. So my wife cleaned it off, put it on a paper towel on the kitchen counter, I decided to go make me something to eat. Do not realize tooth is in said paper towel. And I was like, oh, then I just need to throw that away. So I go to throw it away. She's like, hey, where's that paper towel at? I'm like, uh, why? I threw it in the garbage. That had her tooth in it. <laughs> oh. So I pull it out of the top of the garbage. No tooth. Come to find out, I think it fell on the floor and the oh, dog ate it. No. So I had to write a note to the tooth fairy and said, sorry, I lost the tooth, but the dog ate it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Did, what so a night. Did, did the Tooth Fairy deliver? Tooth Fairy delivered. Good job. Good job. Yeah. The Tooth Fairy understood. Um, yeah. Appreciated the note. So then have you gone and retrieved the t- the said tooth from the, the um, extracted it from. You oh, know, I'm not extracting anything <laughs> because from anywhere. I think on Facebook I have three signatures on my petition to have you extract You have that. to do a lot better than that. <laughs> you need to start something on change.org and get a few thousand. <laughs> It's possible. You know, you never know. You think you could pull that off? I bet I could. I could pay some people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to do it that bad? Why don't you just pay me then? I mean, I'm sure it's already passed, right? <laughs> right? I mean, it's... I'm, I'm going to make the assumption, yeah, yes. So. <laughs> All right, let's <laughs> let's uh, change directions here, Daniel. <laughs> um, so, every week we recommend stuff to each other. Last week I recommended The Lord of the Rings, which is crazy to me that you haven't seen this movie. Like, it's a staple in movies, period. It's almost like when I didn't watch any uh, Hitchcock, and you're like, how are you on a movie podcast and you've never seen Hitchcock? It's kind of the same for me. You know, like, if if you haven't seen Lord of the Rings and you're talking about movies, I don't know what you're doing, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I got quite a bit of flack on social media about it. Rightfully so. Rightfully so, in my opinion. So keep that up. I had up, no people. idea how much it impacted my credibility. Yeah. <laughs> but now you've got one one of three down. Uh, you watched it this week with DJ, mm-hmm. I heard, right? Yeah, he had me over. We watched it. We watched the extended edition. Nice. Interesting. Okay. We'll talk about it. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so you watched it. Let's just jump right in. Let me hear your preconceived notions, your well, your thoughts, but what? We can jump in, but I do have a quick question before we we go through yeah. we go through all what we normally go do. For it. Do you consider this to be one of the top three series trilogies in all cinema history? I would say it's up there with Star Wars, the original Star Wars for me. That's kind yeah. of where I was going. I was like, where does this rank for you? In the Star Wars, because I know you're a big Star Wars fan, like with the original trilogy. Like, where does that where does that fall for you? Are they close? I mean, it's it's very close. Yes, it's okay. very, very close. Like, it's, depending on what mood I'm in, I could mm-hmm. either watch a Star Wars movie or a Lord of the Rings movie. Now, I'm more, 
like I've looked into more of Star Wars stuff, obviously. Like we did a Star Wars podcast. I play games. I've, I've read books, all that kind of stuff. With Lord of the Rings, I'm not that guy. Like I'm not the guy who's read the books and like compares it and, you know, like lives or dies by the extended cut of the movie. You know, I'm like, I'm still semi-casual, but I really love it. Like it's a part of my child. I remember watching it as a, like a kid growing up like I did with Star Wars. Like it was Star Wars and Lord of the Rings for me. But it's not something that I'm like, I know every line, I know every small character, whereas with Star Wars, I probably, I, I know a lot more about Star Wars than I do Lord of the Rings. But just to say, like, there's a lot more hardcore Lord of the Rings fans than me. <laughs> like, a lot. I got you. But yeah, Star I mean, gosh, it's so close with the trilogies. Like, I, I think I said this either off mic or on the podcast that I could see somebody ranking the trilogy as a whole the original Lord of the Rings higher than the original trilogy of Star Wars because of how consistently good it is. Because in Star Wars, you have people have problems with the third movie with Ewoks. People have problems with the first movie being a little slow. But for me, like Lord of the Rings, every single movie hits and it hits hard and it doesn't really drop. Not that Star Wars drops a lot, but it dips just a tiny at points. You know, um, so if you look mm-hmm. past the nostalgia of it all, you know, so it's up there for me, like neck and neck with Star Wars personally. I just I just needed to get an idea of where that ranked for you um, before we got into it. So here here's what my preconceived notions were, because I think you have a little bit of an idea. I I wouldn't say I was outright avoiding it, um, but I've made no significant attempts to see it for two reasons. One is I don't mind a good fantasy film, but knowing how long it is is a huge barrier for me. And because of when this movie came out, it came out when I was in high school. You know, I was involved in sports, had a lot of homework, getting ready for college. Like I had a lot of things kind of going on in my life at that time. So it passed through the see it in theaters phase, which meant I would have had to pick it up and and rent it or or watch it on a streaming service. And then, you know, you have to dedicate X amount of time, you know, and so, you know, life goes on. Next thing you know, hey, it's been <laughs> it's been 20 years <laughs> and I haven't seen it still un- until until now. So it's more it more came more than anything came down to committing to the time and not being sure if it would be worth me committing to that time. You know how like when you sit down, sometimes, you know, it's going to be great. And for me, I was like, I don't know how great this is. Like, I have my limits on what I'm I'm into and what I'm not. If it's slow, this is going to be a long, a long film. So, you know, my preconceived notions were going to be, okay, let's settle in. This could be tough, um, but I'm willing to, to give it its fair shake. Right. Yeah, I feel that sometimes with new TV shows because, you know, once you start it, if you're going to finish it, there could be six seasons, there could be eight seasons, there could be 12 seasons of a TV show. You know, I felt that way with Breaking Bad, like everybody was telling or talking about Breaking Bad. And I was like, man, I to catch up, there's so many seasons. I just don't know if I want to commit to that time because it's a lot. You know, it's a lot of hours. Yeah, because you know what's in front of you, right? Even though everybody says it's great, right? So I totally get that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so let me tell you why I recommended it, which if, you know, we kind of talked about it earlier, but, and then we'll get into what you thought about it. So, so for me, I don't really care for fantasy movies. Like fantasy is not my genre at all. I usually am not a fan of them. Uh, I don't know what it is about um, most uh, fantasy movies or TV shows or anything like that. I feel like they rely too much on 
like CG and like big like spectacle and they don't fill in all the cracks with good acting, good score, anything like that. But for me, Lord of the Rings hits all the boxes. So it's got a fantastic cast. I mean, I'm going to list it here in a minute once we get further in, but just the amount of people that are in this movie is crazy. Um, the, the score is up there with John Williams for me. The work that Howard Shore did in Lord of the Rings is equivalent to John Williams in Star Wars for me, or close to it at least. Um, that memorable for me. The acting is really good, and the story is just, I love the story. It's so different than what you get with fantasy, I feel like, most times. And so that's kind of the the easy answer of why I love Lord of the Rings. Uh, th- but this week specifically we're talking about the first one, the, the Fellowship. Uh, Fellowship of the Ring, which I admit is a little slow at the beginning. And that's why I, I was always hesitant to share to have you watch this because to get into this movie, there's a good 30 minutes to, f- I don't know how long with the extended cut. No, 30 minutes is about right. Yeah, that you're just like, okay, what are we doing here? Like, what's going on? That works a lot better on a rewatch. Once you get to know the characters, going back to the Fellowship is great. Like seeing Gandalf, seeing all the hobbits and all that kind of stuff is great. But the first time around, I feel like is a little rough to get past. But then once you get past it, I feel like the whole rest of the movie just hits. So I was always a little hesitant in recommending this because I knew you don't like long movies. This is a long movie, (laughs) right? It's not that I don't like a long movie. It's that I don't like a long movie if I don't know how high the bar is, you know, which... What's interesting going into this trilogy, and this was another hesitation I guess I had, is that I heard from probably not just you, but most people that I talked to about this film is that, oh, which one is your favorite one? Everyone's saying either Return of the King or The Two Towers. No one is saying Fellowship. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm about to watch the one no one likes, is what was going through my head. You know what I mean? And it's not that no one likes it. Yeah, just in comparison. Sure. Yeah, and I know a few people that swear by Fellowship. They think it's the best movie, and you know. It has great parts, and we'll talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think the the last two are are a lot better, and easier to recommend to people. But you've got to get past, and that's with a lot of TV shows. Like you've got to get past a lot of TV shows first season. You know, Parks and Rec has a bad first, not a bad first season, but it's hard to get through. Uh, the yeah, Office, I'd say the first few you know, episodes are a little tough. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of things like that where if you're just recommending it to somebody to watch it from the beginning, it's hard. You know, so all right, so let's let's get to what you thought about the movie. Overall, I mean, I've already described that it's one of my favorite movies, so I really don't care, you know, one way or the other. If you hated it, that's fine. I still love it. It's, you know, and it's whatever, you know. So let me hear it. What did you think about it? So I actually really liked it. However, okay. now let me okay. let me kind of give you some caveats, right? Okay. I wouldn't put it in one of my top five favorite movies. Yet, okay. But it, it made me want to see the next two. Mm-hmm. So I do want to see them. What I love is I love the story. Yeah. I love the depth of it. I love how well put together. And I think what helps with it being Lord of the Rings is that it's based so well on his like this literature that has held up so over time and it's so highly regarded. And I have a feeling if it didn't pair closely or at least within reason to a classic novelization that it probably wouldn't end, have ended up that great. Right. But the quality of the story, what you learn about people and how you can take pieces of that. I mean, 
man, th- this this movie gets, I mean, it gets biblical. I mean, this thing gets straight to your soul and, and talking about humanity. And there are so many things about it that <clears throat> I could really appreciate. So I think once it got past, kind of like what you mentioned, that first 30 minutes, I even looked at DJ and told and said that to him. I'm like, okay, from this point on, it was great. And for me, it was once Frodo gets the ring itself. And then he starts being chased by those dark horses and the wraiths. And I'm like, okay, we're off and running literally. I mean, it is, um, it becomes very fast paced at that point. Then it slows down a little bit. And I think it has to after a certain point because you have, you're going so hard and so fast for so long. You get to the elven kingdom and it slows down for, you know, briefly. Yeah. And then it picks right back up and goes again. Right. But the thing I love about the slow moments is they build a lot of characters through the, sl- the slow moments, you know. It gives a lot of necessary elements to the story. Right. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So let me read the summary from IMDb and then we'll get into uh, the uh, story and all the other stuff we want to talk about. All right. So uh, a meek hobbit from the Shire and eight companions set out on a journey to destroy the powerful One Ring and save Middle-earth from the Dark Lord Sauron. So pretty basic, you know, summary. That's pretty much the movie. Do you think that before watching... Way to summarize a deep movie in like a sentence and a half. So that's what I was going to ask you. So that summary, did you know that about the movie before getting into the movie? Did you know like, okay, it's the hobbits, it's these short people and they're going to destroy a ring? So here's what I did know. I, I knew it was, um, you know, hobbits were little people that had hairy feet. I knew that there were elves. I knew that there were orcs and things like that i knew the elements um i knew there was a ring about the ring and you had to destroy the ring that kind of stuff right i'd never heard the name sauron before um i'd never really understood that uh never understood where the ring came from what it meant i knew who gandalf was from pop culture you know Mm -hmm. some different things like that Uh, a lot of gifts i understand now but (laughs) yeah prior to actually watching it that was kind of where my yeah I knew they had to they had to destroy a ring that is that is about it gotcha so you knew like base level type of stuff plus some gifs that you saw on the internet right <laughs> essentially memes. if I had to write a review or write a synopsis of the film I had never seen I would have written what you just read yeah. excluding Sauron's name right right <laughs> <laughs> makes sense okay so let's talk about the story let's talk about the beginning actually because. Uh, in my opinion, the beginning is a great scene and a great way to introduce people who who don't know anything about Lord of the Rings or haven't read the books to the story of the One Ring, right? So, what did you think about this? The way it opened with the 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 woman doing the the dialogue and they're showing video, you know, past and all that kind of stuff with the rings. What do you think about that? It was just great dialogue. Yeah, um, I just thought it, you know, it was very well written. I felt like a kid having someone read a storybook to me. Right. Yeah. Which Definitely. I thought was a pretty cool feeling, right? Yeah. Um, the other thing that I will say is one of the things that this film does is it leaves nothing unexplained, which I can appreciate. However, the way they do it is very antithetical to what you're used to, right? Normally, they'll explain that something is going to happen, then it happens. In Lord of the Rings, with the exception of the very beginning, things happen and then you get that additional context through conversation after. Right. And then I'm able to put that together. So it's like I play a little bit of mental catch up throughout the, the film. But the only time that doesn't happen is in the very beginning. Hmm. When they're laying so everything I'm, out. Yeah. Were they not to do that? I mean, 
and I would have had to figure all that out as I went, that would have been rough. So I feel like they did a really good job of summarizing, I mean, summarizing over 30 minutes, but, you know, having to summarize an entire trilogy synopsis. Okay, so let's talk about the fantasy element. And we can even get into things you didn't like, because I think some of that may have to do with the fantasy of it all. Um, So if you want to, like, talk about um, things you didn't like about the movie, we can talk about that here before we kind of get into it. Uh, there's there's very little um, that I that I didn't like, you know. Some of it is realizing that the movie is 20 years old, you know, and and being able to set that aside because there are definitely times you can see they're walking in front of a green screens, you know, and and things like that. So you have to take that into consideration, but then you also have to realize because there was a few points that I I paused the movie and appreciate DJ for allowing me to pause it off and on or allowing me to ask questions throughout it. And I, I would also say this, this isn't a movie that I would recommend someone watch for the first time by themselves. And I don't mean that out of fear. I mean, out of the ability to just make sure I'm, I'm tracking correctly because there is so much going on. And so it just helped me along the way. But one of the things I did notice is there were times that it wasn't CG. And then I wanted to know how, how they, how they pulled it off kind of thing, how they, how they pulled off the image and the shots. And so DJ had a lot of great background information that just added to the lore and added to the, Oh, this is really cool. So I had to get past a little bit of the old CGI. So that was one thing. The other thing that I was a little iffy on, like there were a couple moments. And I, I think you had mentioned like in the fantasy realm, like when they get to the elven kingdom and, Galadriel, mm-hmm. I believe is her name, yeah. right? Um, she starts screaming out of nowhere, which is her desire for the ring and then fighting it off. And then she realized she passed the test. Like so, there were times like that. You're like, well, that was weird. Um, a little, you know, catches you off guard. Yeah. So like some of the CGs a little wonky, especially like rewatching that scene where she just turns into this like evil thing. The CG doesn't look good, <laughs> like you know. Yeah. But the thing that conceptually, what she's trying to convey, yes, is good. and that's I think why it it stands the test of time because what's happening in that moment is really good story wise. Like her being tempted by the ring and passing the test, like that's great. You know, a lot of for me, a lot of fantasy movies they sh- uh, show this crazy CGI or or what or crappy CGI sometimes, a lot of the times. And just to show cool CGI, it doesn't have really anything to do with the story and doesn't build character or anything like that. And so that's why, yeah, for sure, the CGI sometimes is a little wonky. The thing I love about the CGI is Andy Serkis was, became famous overnight, I believe, because of this movie. He was one of the first, what do they call those people? Uh, what do they call a motion capture artist? Yeah, so Andy Serkis was one of the first people to do that motion capture kind of technology um which was used with like jar jar a lot of people hated you know um so that new tech like that technology is in like every movie nowadays you know and back then it really wasn't a thing so you know with i think what my point was like the cg back then was even though it looks not the best today like it was revolutionary uh you know it was one of the first of of its kind to have like a fully a guy in a full suit doing motion capture you know let me let me kind of stop you there though to me that cgi was actually good so you were good with that cgi the gall i was good with the gall okay yeah it was some of the green screen it, it felt flat instead of like a lot of depth in the background so there were times when you knew that frodo was walking in front of a green screen 
pre-recorded image of Gandalf walking to where it gives the visualization that there's someone tall and someone short. But then there are also times when they actually had someone tall and someone short, you know, and, and different things like that. So the flipping between the two, it would have been great if they would have gone all prop and, and mm-hmm. realistic, I think. I think it would have been even better, but it's still, it wasn't, it didn't shake me from the film. Yeah, like some of the stuff they do in the Shire with Gandalf and the how they... When they're sitting on the wagon? Yeah, on the wagon or in the house when everything's... When Gandalf is so big, like that kind of... Like that's a lot of work. Nowadays... Which I think is cool. Yeah, like nowadays you just CG it, you know, and to me it looks not very good. But back then, like where they're having to stand people further back than other... Like it just looks good to me, practically done. You know, when it comes to like some of the, the troll maybe, the what you were talking about with the CG with the woman didn't look that good cool all right let's talk about anything else you want to talk about with fantasy i mean um we kind of hit on all the fantasy stuff right Mm -hmm. uh let's talk about the score for a second because this is one of my favorite scores of all time (laughs) and i don't know i I actually looked at dj and was like who is doing the score yeah and he's like howard shore and i'm like this is fantastic uh it it rises to the occasion you know of the film and it gives it its regal nature it gives it it's you can feel like you're going on a journey like does such a great job of being able to convey um the intensity at different points and you know whenever things are starting to get war, you know war was starting to you know perk up or things were starting to settle down i mean i went back and looked at his credit history though like, this was his best thing that he had Yeah, done. I would say this is his like, top movie. His other films, like, I've heard of some stuff. Yeah, like, he did, like, he. I think he did Silence of the Lambs. I think he did Seven, maybe. Um, he also did the next movie I might recommend, which is Spotlight, which had a great, very subtle score. So, yeah, he hasn't done, like, a ton of things. He's definitely known for this, for sure. Whereas John Williams mm-hmm. is known for Star Wars, but also a bunch of other different movies, too. You know, right. I, I love the score. And the thing I love about the score is similar to Star Wars, it has all these themes. Like you have different themes for characters or different themes for places you go. And that just, it only gets better throughout the next two movies because it, everything just builds on each other. You know, similar to what John Williams does in Star Wars. Yeah, no, I would agree. I mean, he also did Departed, which is a, a, a really yeah. good movie. But yeah, I mean, looking at, at the overall list though, to me, these are these are the biggest movies. Yeah, and there was a podcast episode that we both listened to. David W. Collins. Yeah, the sound uh, soundtrack show, and he mm-hmm. did a few episodes about Lord of the Rings, and he kind of he kind of went in depth of Howard Shore and how he worked on the music and the things he did for the music. Like he prepared way above what he was supposed to. That would definitely be a podcast episode. I would highly recommend to people listening who maybe haven't maybe who love lord of the rings but haven't listened to that episode or just loves scores and soundtrack music in general because that's a great podcast definitely so go check that out for sure um that kind of goes in depth on the score but for here like i just love i adore the score i think Mm -hmm. it's fantastic um, let's let's get into acting. I'm gonna list off some of the actors that are in this movie. <laughs> I, throughout okay. the movie, I was like, I know that person. Right. That that is something I did not know. So I knew Elijah Wood was Frodo. Mm-hmm. I knew that. I knew Ian McKellen was Gandalf. Mm-hmm. That was it. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had no idea that. And I, let me see if how many I can get. Okay. Okay. But you had. Oh, and I also knew Sean Astin was um, Samwise. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I knew that. Okay. Um, but then you had like Kate Blanchett. You had, is this where Viggo Mortensen became famous? Uh, I would say so. I don't know okay. of a lot of his movies. I didn't know if this so. was his jumping off point, but obviously Viggo Mortensen. Um, some of them, I don't know their actual names, but you have the guy from The Matrix. Uh, Hugo Weaving. Is that the Elf King? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The the Elf King. You have um, the guy who dies in all the movies, Sean Bean. <laughs> yeah. Sean Bean, yeah. Which I didn't know he had a, that was a thing for him. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's the guy from National Treasure. Oh, that's the guy <laughs> from, from National this. Treasure. I love it. That's what I knew him from. That's perfect. Orlando Bloom. I did know he was in it, but I did not know the type of character he portrayed. I thought he was going to be like a a wimpy elf. He is not wimpy. He is yeah. He is not pretty awesome. Like he's pretty incredible. Yeah, he's one of the best. <laughs> and then there was one other guy, um, Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. Yep, Count Dooku himself. Yep. So those were the main people that I saw in the film and I'm like oh my gosh there's just more and more people that keep popping up so many. I'm like well that's pretty cool so did I miss any big names uh, those were pretty much the big names I did have Dominic Moynihan who is the guy from Lost um, he is one of the um, the hobbits and then you have Liv Tyler oh that's right she's Arwen yep yep and she's in a few things she's in Armageddon yep Andy Serkis obviously we talked about uh, you said Kate Blanchett yeah, that's pretty much it. You you listed off pretty much all of them for this first movie. But there's so many. And each of them, I feel, do incredible in their own way, you know, in their own scenes. You know, everybody doesn't have, like, huge scenes. But there's a few, you know, the main the main three or four have really good moments in, in their scenes, you know. Mm-hmm. So, cool. No, I thought the acting was incredible throughout. Yeah. And they were able to bring it home, which is another thing that rises it above the CGI, right? Like, the more quality you have the less the cgi matters for sure yeah if that makes sense because you can look past the cgi you can look past bad or just you cannot look past bad acting you cannot look past a bad story but i feel like you know in this scenario the cgi just becomes a part of the background after a while because you care you could care less you're like okay that's not what i'm watching this movie for right i'm watching it now I'm watching it for the actual landscapes of New Zealand. I'm watching it for the acting of all of these people, uh, you know, and all the, the score, all of the things that you mentioned just p- makes everything else pale in comparison. Right. And, and you have to think of it like when we talk about like nineties or eighties movies, like in there, in this time, when this came out, like the CGI was up to par, right? It was up, definitely up to par with compared to other movies around them. But now looking back, of course you have to watch it through that lens, which I usually have to do when you recommend movies because they're usually from when you're growing up in like the what 70s 80s i think Gosh, there you go. i had to throw uh, in an old I, I was born in the 80s hey i'm gonna be giving you another movie from the 90s so you better watch <laughs> i it. can't wait uh all right uh is there anything else you want to talk about with the movie before we get to the favorite scenes i mean we kind of we didn't really hit on directing but peter jackson yeah peter jackson's never been better in my opinion i don't know if he's done really anything no. else yeah. that i really care for so it far surpassed my expectations. There was a point that I was like, oh, wow, it's already this late. So it did start to move so yeah, fast. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about the extended cut. At first, I was like, okay, let's go, let's go. And then it went. And I'm like, all right. And because we were watching it on DVD, he had to put in the second DVD. <laughs> that's so, we so had funny. A, we took a break, went upstairs, got a got a piece of pizza. It actually gave me a chance to digest a, a little bit of the story. Yeah. Which I, I'm assuming in the actual theater release, there was no break. There was no break, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
So, um, which, but that again, that helped me get further into the second half of the film. I love that. Yeah. I, I love that you watched it at DJ's house because that's one thing that I was always afraid to recommend because I knew if you were just watching it on your phone, you know, there's some movies that are just built for theater experiences or, you know, sure. late night, I'll throw it on the big TV kind of experience. And this is, this is one of them. Absolutely. Cool. All right. So favorite scenes. All right. I get to go first. Let's hear it. Yeah, let's hear it. All right. So I've let's got see how many you steal. I could give you several. Some of them are not going to work because there's not dialogue. I'll give you right. those first. Um, because, but they're not my like one, two, three. It's just sure. up there, right? I, I enjoy some, like the moments when they're running from the, the dark horses and the wraiths and they go underneath that tree. Yeah. I mean, the visuals of that horse, the hooves, the intensity of that moment. Oh, that was so good. Directed okay. so well, I, yeah. I really, really liked stuff like that. There there were some other moments that were just visually, when again, it was non-CGI stuff too. It was just really cool to see, okay? Um, and some of the battle scenes, and uh, that's why Legolas became him and him and um, Viggo Mortensen's character. Why am I blanking on that? Aragorn. Aragorn. Yeah. Aragorn. Um, those two guys are bad mofos. Yeah, they are. And, that, and they only and get better they, in the next two movies. They were fun to watch, and that's why Legolas is like, He's just dropping people with his arrows, and I'm just like, he's a sniper. He and then he pulls out these daggers, and, yes. and I'm like, oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> um, but again, that's not going to work with uh, work with the podcast. Um, here's here's my favorite scenes. Number one, without a doubt, is whenever whenever Gandalf is sitting there talking to Frodo in the dwarf kingdom that has been destroyed, mm. and Frodo says, "I wish I'd never gotten the ring." Gosh, it's just this momentous moment, right? There's so much that goes into this, by the way. This is so much more than just a good scene. Like this is, it's a real life. This is so deep. Yeah. Right. And it's the response that Gandalf gives and talk about when you're going through tough times in life, right? You know, you were meant to endure this Mm. and it's just like, all of a sudden you forget you're watching a fantasy film at that moment. I'm like, well, that speaks to yeah. me. And like, not just as a good scene, an acted scene, but that's something you can walk away with and be like, okay, I'm having a rough time. I'm meant to go through this, but it will pass. You know, and, and, and you, you think about things like that. So I thought that was just such a good moment. And it was kind of in between two really intense sections. Yeah. And I just thought that was just the best, right? Yeah, that scene is fantastic. And even right before that moment when they're talking about uh, he wishes the ring never came to him, Frodo's talking about Smeagol, and he's like... Uh, not Smeagol. Gollum. Well, they have the same... It's the same name. It's both of them. <laughs> <laughs> he's, talking about, he's talking about Gollum, and, and Frodo's like very angry, like we should kill him. Or Dang it, you're taking my second scene. Oh, is that part of it? Okay, you can just jump into the second scene. So I, I separated them okay, because okay. I'm... Uh, because, yeah, I love that moment because then Gandalf's response, again, is very just it's so good. pointed. And be, he says something along the lines, hey, be very careful about who you're passing judgment on. Yeah. Because he was once a good guy, too. Yeah. You know, and, and he said something along the lines of it was, it was not grace. I can't remember the word. So I have the quote That here. prevented Bilbo from killing oh, him. Oh, yeah. I don't oh, have, have that it? quote. I have the next okay. quote. But, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <clears throat> What's the quote you have? I have the the quote says he says to Frodo, "Many who live deserve death, 
Some that die deserve life. Can you give it to them, Frodo? Like, who are you? you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's such that a whole, good moment. That whole scene, and then leading into the scene you just talked about, which I'm just going to play it all back to back because it's just a great scene. But yeah, are those are those back to back in the movie? Yeah, they're back to back. Yeah. I thought there was a little gap in between. Otherwise, we can consider that one scene. That yeah, that's fine. yeah. I believe they're back to back. I'll look it up. We'll see. Yeah. Oh, pity. That's that pity. was the word. Yeah. Pity. Um, it's a pity. Bilbo didn't kill him when he had the chance. And Gandalf was like, pity. Pity is what like kept him alive. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's a that's a great. Um, that was a great moment. There's something down there. It's Gollum. Gollum. He's been following us for three days. He escaped the dungeons of Barad-dûr. Escaped. Or was set loose. And now the ring has drawn him here. He will never be rid of his need for it. He hates and loves the ring. As he hates and loves himself. Smeagol's life is sad. Yes, Smeagol, he was once called. Before the ring found him. Before it drove him mad. It's a pity Bilbo didn't kill him when he had the chance. Pity? It was pity that stayed Bilbo's hand. Many that live deserve death. And some that die deserve life. Can you give it to them, Frodo? Do not be too eager to deal out death and judgment. Even the very wise can assume ends. My heart tells me that Gollum has some part to play yet, for good or ill. Before this is over, the pity of Bilbo may ruin the fate of me. the ring had never come to me. I wish none of this had happened. So do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. There are other forces at work in this world, Frodo, besides the will of evil. Bilbo was meant to find the ring. In which case, you also were meant to have it. And that is an encouraging thought. Um, since you kind of stole my thunder on the <laughs> second one there, I do have a third one, which is Boromir's death. Ah, oh, man. You Boromir's death scene. So Boromir has a very interesting character arc. I really like that. You know, he, at first I'm like, okay, this is another bad mofo dude that I'm looking forward to. But then you could see the greed. You could see the shiftiness and the shadiness. I remember looking over at DJ like, jury's still out on this guy for me. Like, <laughs> little, I don't know. suspicious, just, right? There's a couple times I'm just like, ah, something's off. And then when he gets in the woods and then tries to get the ring from him and then eventually, you know, Frodo puts the ring on, gets away. And then not soon, I'm very soon after that, Boromir's killed. Yeah. And as he's laying there dying with Aragorn, the, the conversation they have He's he like he f- confesses right, and he's like, "I'm so sorry for, I can't believe I did that." Right, and then he was really just more worried about them. He's like, "Go save them." Here's where they went. He's getting ready to die. Yeah, and his his concern is for 
the the hobbits. Right. Yeah, I, I love that scene so much. Like watching that scene, you think I'm Frodo in that scene. I'm Aragorn, the the righteous, the person who would never turn. Right. In all reality, we are Boromir. Like, that's us. That's me. That's you. That's, I'm fallen. Like, I, you know, and just to see, mm-hmm. like, his redemption even afterwards, you know, it's just, it's a great scene. Yeah. No, I thought that was a, a, a really great scene. And I can't really put into words, and I don't know if this counts as a fourth scene, but hey, yeah. it's a long movie. So there's, there's a lot of moments. But at the very end, when Sam chases after Frodo. Yeah. Great scene. And, you can't encapsulate Sam in one scene. No. All, but all you can say is Sam is loyal. Yeah. Just and wait. So so loyal that like you get goosebumps for how because he's like, hey, Gandalf said that I am to take care of you, and I am going to take care of you. I'm not gonna let anything happen to you. And there's so many times where he almost breaks into tears. Right. And you just like hear it in his voice and you're just like, oh my gosh. And so I thought he was going to die in the water and I was going to be so angry (laughs) (laughs) and he didn't. Yeah. I'm so glad he lived because he had, he has so many good scenes in the next few movies. So, uh, hopefully you'll watch those soon. Yeah. Yeah. I I plan on it. All right. Is it my turn now? It, I guess it, yeah, I guess it can be your turn. (laughs) Okay. So again, you could tell I really enjoyed the, the film. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm happy. I'm very happy. Okay, so you took all those were obviously my favorite <laughs> scenes as well. Yes. Um, so I'll I'll drop in a, a couple here that are at the top of my list. So the first one is the council meeting where they all decide to form the fellowship, where everybody's mm-hmm. arguing about, hey, we should use the ring. We should, you know, Gimli's like, let's just destroy it. Here's my axe, and he he tries to destroy it. And it doesn't work, obviously. And you know that whole scene. Um, first of all, the meme is born in that scene with um, one does not simply, you know, that meme with Boromir. Uh-huh. Yeah. Obviously a great moment for memes and Facebook and online social media. Yeah, absolutely. Just the way- oh, you were just doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I thought you were stopping me. You no, were no. doing the literal like meme. Okay, yes. that's great. I wish this was a video podcast for just that moment. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> um, but yeah, th- so that scene is great. The way that scene ends, so... The scene before that, or a couple scenes before it, Gandalf is talking to the dude from the Matrix. And the guy from the Matrix is like, hey, nobody can carry the ring. Like, this is an impossible task. And Gandalf is like, I've already asked Frodo to do this. I can't ask anything else of him. I just can't. And then the scene happens where they're all arguing and they're arguing about who's going to carry the ring and all that kind of stuff. And Frodo just all of a sudden just volunteers is like I'll do it I'll do it by myself I don't need anybody else I'll just do it by myself and you see like Gandalf's face which isn't isn't an audio thing I can play but his face kind of falls like he realizes that Frodo is probably going to die or has a very good chance of dying you know and then that the rest of that scene where everybody's volunteering to join the fellowship is is really good so that whole scene is is um, one of my favorites uh, and then the other scene I have is after Boromir dies, Frodo is decided to leave. He's decided, I'm going by myself because Boromir just tried to kill me and take the ring. I can't trust anybody in this fellowship, right? And so Aragorn runs into him in the woods. And that scene between them is so good. Because, That's a really good scene. Yeah, because Frodo is scared to death but that or Aragorn is going to be the same as 
Boromir and kill him because they're one-on-one in the middle of the woods, same thing, right? And Aragorn just slowly moves forward and closes the ring around him. He's like, I would have, I would have gone with you to the end, um, into the depths of, of Mordor. And then he let, he's, he's like, basically like, yeah, I get it. You have to go. I can't, I can't even be trusted with you, you know? And so that scene is also fantastic. Frodo? (laughs) It has taken more, man. Where is the ring? Stay away! Frodo! I swore to protect you. Can you protect me from yourself? Would you destroy it? Especially Sam. He will not understand. So many good scenes, Daniel. So many. And I can also say, there's some good humor in it. There is, yeah. Yeah, there there is. And it all comes at the expense of Gimli. (laughs) Yeah, Gimli's great. No one's throwing the door. (laughs) Like, that's great. It's so good. And then there's another point where he's like, Oh, what does he say? Um, if anyone wants my opinion, which, by the way, I can tell no one <laughs> wants it, um, I, I'd say this is not a good way to go yeah. or something. Yeah. He just had some good moments. I, I just thought there was some good humor. In yeah. It. And then, oh, I'll throw in one last scene that I don't know if I'll play, but the scene when Gandalf dies and they're all leaving the tunnels and every and everybody was just breaking down basically because Gandalf just died, right? Everybody, all the hobbits are crying and Sean Bean is like, you know, like comforting them, which is like a moment of, of goodness for him. Like he's doing something good. And Aragorn's like, we've got to go. Sure. And, and Boromir's like, no, they're, they're about to pass out. They're crying so much, you know, he's looking out yeah. for him. Uh, that's also a great scene. So just wanted to throw that in here. All right. So let's get to the um, rating. Sure. You want to do that? Yeah. And then we'll maybe hit some comments real quick. I'll have to look them up. Yep. Yep. We can do that. So rating 84 to 94. What is your potato rating? I'm going to give this a 93. Ooh, nice. Is that higher than you thought I would give it? Yeah, it is a little higher. I thought it would be like a 92, which is no, still No, I good. give it a 93 on the substance of the movie. Nice. Uh, I mean, the amount of things, having only seen this film once, I don't need to see it an- another time for some of these things to stick with me. And to me, that is the mark of a fantastic story and fantastic delivery. So, you know, I, that's why I've got to give it the credit it deserves. Now, is it a movie that I will sit down and watch over and over again like you said you would? Maybe not. Yeah. But at the same time, I really appreciate the movie for what it is. Yeah, and I feel like you will appreciate this movie more once you finish the trilogy, if that makes sense. You know? I, I think so. I think a rewatch will be even easier. Mm-hmm. Um, having seen it now, knowing what it's about, knowing 
what they are what they're discussing all of the things that come with it uh, i'm sure once it all wraps up then it just becomes not easy but yeah easier manageable. To, easier to watch especially the beginning i think right yeah. right cool okay so 93 i'm gonna probably give it a 93.80 <laughs> you're not gonna give it just a full 94 I'll give it a 94. I'll give all the Lord of the Rings a 94. There's no shame yeah, I'll give in it a giving something a perfect score. What's the point of having a perfect score if you can't ever give it out? That's right. Yeah, so let's do it. 94. Because for me, Moneyball was a 94 because it was my perfect movie. There you go. That works. So. so here's my question, Daniel. In terms of the show, do I recommend the next two and we review them on the show? Or is it something you're just going to watch by yourself? or with I will DJ? watch them and once they're done, I will let you know and we can discuss it. Okay. As a like a either a special episode or it can be its own episode but yeah it doesn't have to be something that gets recommended okay that's a good plan so that way you don't have to use you don't have to burn up two more right okay sounds good let's do that then okay so you'll you'll recommend one this week then we'll get to back to our normal schedule and then whenever you finish the next one we'll we'll Mm -hmm. talk about it yeah jennifer has to travel for work again so i'll probably catch him up then nice and then also we're gonna watch quiet place two and talk about on the show that is correct. So that's coming down the pipeline soon. So, so I pulled up a lot of the comments. Yeah, let's read some on comments. our on our Facebook page. Um, so the first one comes from Brent Phillips. Uh, he says, "Great movie." Not sure how Daniel will feel about the length and the fact that most of the movie is them walking around, though. Which I kind of mentioned the length, but um, I didn't even consider them just walking around. I mean, I felt like there was a lot of battle. You know, I mean, in between there. It's no more walking around than 1917. That's true. You know, like if you think about it in context. There could be good stuff happening while they're walking or good conversation. Sure. Uh, He said, while I love the movie and love the books, it can feel really long at times. Three hours is a lot. But from a cinematography standpoint, it will be tough to top any of the Lord of the Rings movies. Josiah, I will give you my HBO Max login if you want to make Daniel (laughs) watch the extended edition. I watched the extended edition. So uh, overall, great movie, but I find it harder to watch the older I get due to length. It's a serious commitment to watch now. I agree 100% on that. That is a good point. I will go through... Like once a year, I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to throw Lord of the Rings on and I'll start it. And then I'll be like, oh crap. Now I got to watch. I have to watch the next two. I can't just watch one, you know? So you can't sit down and watch them all back to back to back because you're going to go crazy. I've never been a marathoner in that way anyway. No, me either. Um, Other comments, DJ Williams, he's the one who allowed me to uh, watch the movie with him and, and was my, Um, he was my Samwise going through this nice. movie and, and helped me through it. Um, but he said, you're going to have to order extra potatoes for this one. <laughs> no, it was still a very, very good movie, though. I, hopefully you can uh, tell that I enjoyed it very much. Um, <laughs> Ryan Adams, <laughs> he uh, he left the gif of, of Leslie Nope saying, wow, well, okay, we had a good run. He's dead to me now. <laughs> Again, I got a lot of crap for yeah. having not seen this yet. Rightfully so. Uh, <laughs> um, John Fish, I give it five bags of popcorn and a small golden ring. <laughs> and that's five bags out of five bags of popcorn. Nice. I don't know if there's any other comments, but did you did you have any others? Uh, I think that's I think that's all. I don't think we had any. Well, we had like people were sending in GIFs on Twitter and stuff like that. So, okay. But yeah, I think that's it. That's all the actual comments. So, <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. All right. I'm I'm so happy that you at least liked it or really liked it. Oh, I, re- I very much yeah, did. That makes me happy. So, all right. So, what am I watching for next week? <laughs> the opposite of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, the opposite. Okay, what's the opposite? Well, let's play a little dyslexia. What's the opposite of Lord of the Rings? 
Shoot. It would have to be a baseball movie. Ouch. Like no. a sports movie or no? No, mm. no. But it is a 90s action movie. Okay. I could get into that. <laughs> Does it have Denzel in it? No, it has Nicolas Cage in it. Oh. <laughs> you, okay. That's we close, are watching. Uh, we are watching Con Air. Heck yeah. Okay. I've seen a lot of like memes and stuff. Oh, about that's this right. Movie. There, there's a couple of memes. Sure, but I, out of context, like I have no clue what's going on. Obviously, from the memes, you know what I'm talking about. Like, I don't know what's this going in, on in this. Movie. This movie, in no way, shape, or form, is intended to be an Oscar winner. <laughs> um, but and that's all I'll say about that because the fact that you haven't seen it yet just just brings me joy that I get to watch it again and you have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I cannot wait. So cool. And again, sometimes the movies we pick aren't about the highest quality. It's just movies that we enjoy. And for me, this is, yeah, this is a movie I enjoy. I think it's probably an essential Nicolas Cage movie, I'm guessing, that I have to watch, right? It is the essential Nicolas (laughs) Cage movie. (laughs) Okay. I can't wait. I know you watched Face Off, but that was a little bit of Travolta, a little bit of Nicolas Cage. This is all Cage all the time. I love that. I love that. Cannot wait. (laughs) Good deal. All right. Uh, send us an email, highly recommended pod at gmail.com. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, highly recommended podcast. Speakpipe.com slash highly recommended pod if you want to leave us a voicemail. I believe that is it, Daniel. Anything else? No, just go watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'm going to watch it tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you all next week. Peace out.